episode of 10 Minutes with the Master Enchilada Roller, Russell Ibarra, coming to you live from our corporate offices here in LaPorte at the intersection of Spencer and Underwood. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about why I call myself the Master Enchilada Roller. And uh, it has a little bit to do with enchilada, but mostly to do with having grown up in the industry, uh, the eye that I've developed over time and being able to see something and notice it when it's not correct, uh, specifically food, but obviously every area of the restaurant. Uh, so this morning, I was visiting one of our restaurants, uh, and I like to visit the restaurants in the morning for different reasons. One of them is I can see how they left the restaurant overnight, the standard. But the other reason is uh, I just like to walk through and, and just see the store um, how it's operating. And so, for example, today uh, I walked in the kitchen and walked by the station where the uh, one of our prep cooks was uh, cutting lettuce. And most of our team members, uh, even individuals in our ops, would w- probably just walk by and say, okay, he's cutting lettuce and continue on through the kitchen, but not really looking at the lettuce to see how does the lettuce look What's the quality of it? And uh, so sure enough, I walked by and, and the way we cut the lettuce, uh, the, well, what, the way we cut it today versus how we started with, um, we, we use a, what they call a food processor, a RoboCoop food processor. And it'll take, a, for example, carrots or bell pepper, onion, lettuce, and just basically cut it rather quickly. But uh, there's a saying that there are no short cuts to quality and it's true because quality requires time uh focus patience uh it deter- it requires everything that will determine the quality of what you're trying to achieve you cannot get there there are no short ways to get there i mean if it takes x number of hours to do something because that's what it takes well the, that's what it takes so why try to cut that down and and and, and basically that's what happened with using these food processors, because originally, uh, from day one, I've always required that all our vegetables be cut with a knife, hand cut with a knife, because our blades, our knives are sharpened weekly, and this allows us to put out a beautiful product. And so, when I walked by this sink this uh, this morning, where they were, what we do is that when they're when they're cutting the, the lettuce in the food processor, it goes straight into a, a ice bath. In this, in a large two compartment prep sink, and and it's, and it's in water. And what they do at the end of the at, at the after they're done cutting the lettuce, they put it in a lettuce spinner and get the excess water out. So when I walked by, I noticed that the lettuce itself did not look right. So I asked the prep cook to remove the lid of the RoboCoop machine, and um, and let me look at the blades. And sure enough, I could run my blades across the top of them, and they weren't sharp at all. They were dull. 
And so what was happening is they were just basically beating the lettuce instead of slicing the lettuce because of the blades themselves being so dull. So I said, look, go ahead and cut me a head of lettuce right now. It was romaine lettuce that we were cutting. I said, cut me a head of lettuce right now with a knife. And he did. And then I grabbed some of what he had just cut out of the Robocoop and put them side by side. And huge difference. Uh, noticeable difference. Uh, the, the lettuce that was cut with the Robocoop, number one, looked already like it was bruised and beat up. And something else I noticed immediately is the volume of lettuce. So what happens when you cut lettuce with a knife, there's more volume of it. It lifts, it lifts higher and, and there's just, you get more yield versus the lettuce that was beat up and it was flat, almost like spinach. Uh, it was just flat. Um, and so, again, here we are trying to cut time by using this machine but if it's not maintained properly, meaning the blades are not kept sharp, uh, it defeats the entire purpose. So I've already instructed our team to let's not cut any of the lettuce or any of the produce that goes uh, on a plate visually. Uh, now, there are other ingredients that we used to cook with, and, uh, and we're going to test the machine for those, although we're going to make sure the blades are sharp. But, um, but for, the, for the produce that actually ends up on your plate that you will see visually, as you sit down and, and consume a taco, a chalupa, a taco salad, um, though, a pico de gallo, those vegetables have to be cut with a knife all the time because if not, uh, it just looks so different. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's frustrating because, um, you know, it, it, no matter what you try to change to improve efficiency, it seems like it always comes back to bite you. There are no shortcuts to quality. If you want a quality product, you got you got the number one by a, pro, a quality ingredient, and then your processes have to have to um, are, have to be acquired to where you you are not destroying or damaging the quality or integrity of that particular ingredient. And so that was just a, a visit out to uh, Jimmy Changas today. Actually, I wasn't going to mention the story. But it was Jimmy Changas in in, in uh, Pasadena. And so a little embarrassed, but our team is on it, and we're going to improve that. So another story I wanted to share with you real quickly is um, uh, our tortilla factory uh, in Baytown, El Matador, had a, a small fire in their, in their fryer that they process our tortilla chips in. And this particular fryer, uh, I remember purchasing it uh, from Casa Herrera out of California for $125,000 which was a lot of money back then, and it's a 1,000-pound fryer, meaning it cooks up to 1,000 pounds an hour. And so this fryer has been working for 30 years plus, and, uh, or right at 30 years. And so I did some rough calculations on how many, uh, how many pounds it's probably processed over the years. Probably about 46 million pounds of corn tortilla chips, which is incredible when you think about it. But, uh, yeah, it runs, you know, uh, 30 to 45, probably even more now, hours a day, or hours a week, should I say. And um, they, um, they had to repair it. And, and while it was down, we had to go back to the old-fashioned way of frying in-house, which is not a big deal. We do that at all our jimmies, but the Gringos brings our chips in from our tortilla factory in Baytown. And, and people actually like those chips. So, uh, most people like them. There are a few people that don't like them. But the chips themselves are very light and airy. 
And the reason is because they are cooked or processed or fried under ideal conditions, meaning that the fryer itself, the temperature, uh, doesn't have hot spots. Because what happens when you batch fry a basket of uh, corn tortillas into a fryer and you drop it, right there and then, uh, the oil changes temperature. So the fryer has to recover. And, uh, and the recovery time, has to, it should be instant. Uh, but uh, there's no way it can in a, in a regular 35-pound or 50-pound or 60-pound fryer. So this particular fryer in Baytown, the continuous fryer, um, it circulates oil continuously, um, and so there are no hot spots. There are, if you set that fryer at 350 degrees, it stays at 350 degrees. And then the other part is whenever you're batch frying, a, um, a cook will take a container that's been pre-portioned or pre-weighed, and he throws in the fryer, and he starts stirring them around. Uh, and as the, it takes maybe 40 seconds, 45 seconds to fry a small batch of tortilla chips, and he, as he starts pulling them out, remember, the ones he got out first uh, didn't, did not stay in the oil as long as the ones that he pulls out the very end. So there's no consistency in timing of frying those chips. So this continuous fryer in Baytown at El Matador, that no matter what chip goes in, it comes out at the same time as all the other chips. Uh, it was in there uh, the same amount of time and temperature. And, uh, and then there's also what they call a submersion belt which actually pushes the chips down below the surface of the oil. And by doing that, uh, the chips are cooked perfectly. And uh, all you have to do now is just set your dwell time. You can speed the belt up or slow it down to get the perfect color and fry of the chip. So, you know, the restaurant business, um, as we all know, uh, any business for that matter, it's, it's all about consistency. Uh, you know, McDonald's produces the, the worst hamburger in the world, but they do it every single time. True, Kathy said, you can make a terrible cup of coffee. Just be sure and do it each and every time. So consistency is key. Um, obviously, quality is key in our business. Uh, visually, um, you know, food has to look right. And, you know, if you want to push a Mercedes out the front door, you cannot bring in Chevrolet parts in the back door. So we, we, we start off with premium ingredients, and, and we want to push the same thing out the front door. And a lot of that depends on the processes that we do each and every day. So anyway, that was all I wanted to talk to you about. This has been uh, almost exactly 10 minutes with the master enchilada roller, Russell Ibarra. And I want to thank you for listening. I know you have uh, plenty of other things to do, but I hope you got something out of this. And uh, email me or text me and let me know how you enjoy it. Uh, And uh, Derek, thank you for putting this up on the Internet. And uh, I will see you on the next one. Y'all take care. Bye-bye.